Guys, we're back. I'm so excited. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that uh, we had some time uh, to kind of rest, be with family. Maybe you enjoy being with family. Maybe you don't. Um, as you can see, chairs are coming up here. And chairs are coming up here because we start the new year uh, with something called panel night. Um, and we do panel night for a couple reasons. And I'll tell you the first reason is because um, we just sang about the fact that God is holy. And for some of us, that's something that we've acknowledged for our whole lives. For some of us, that's something new in our lives. For some of us, that's something that we're so far from considering being a possibility that, like, it doesn't make sense that you're here tonight. And um, you're, you're confused about why you would come to something that, that you have no idea what it's about. Um, we are all in uh, vastly different spaces in our faith walk. Um, we're all on a different journey, and so um, we recognize that you have questions. And um, instead of trying to guess what we should preach about, instead of trying to, um, you know, just make it up as we go or sneakily put in uh, what we think you need to hear, uh, we just decided to ask you. And so over uh, winter break, we asked for questions that you have or your friends have or questions that you had in your faith that maybe others could learn from. And then we found these four lovely individuals. And uh, these four um, adults are people that have put their faith to the test. Um, none of us are up here because we know a bunch of facts and that's what makes our faith so good. We're up here because we have put God's word to the test and we've experienced it in our lives. And so um, we can say God is holy because we have lived it and we've seen it and we've experienced it. And so um, these guys are going to share that wisdom with you. They're going to take your questions. They're going to answer them. I know you're tired of hearing from me, Rachel, and David all the time. So we found four new people for you to hear from and hopefully uh, learn some things that you otherwise would not learn. Um, and so I'm going to introduce them to you. We have Shane Santora. Yes. We have Danny Muskies. She didn't clap for herself. Notice. We have Alan Skipper. And we have Katie Ann Vickers. And uh, just going down the line, if you could, uh, just tell us about yourself a little bit. Introduce yourself. Yeah. So like you mentioned, my name is Shane Santora. Um, I've been coming to beach on and off for my entire life, um, especially over the last six years. Uh, I've been serving as electric guitar player here at United in a big church. Thank you. Uh, for about the last five years, and then outside, and then occasionally music director as well. And then outside of this space, I teach world history at Terry Parker High School, where I'm also the head softball coach, and I run student government as well. Heck yeah. I don't know how to follow that. Um, um, I'm Danny. Um, I am a 12th grade girl select group leader. Thanks. Um, <laughs> um, I've been here since 2020. Not a great year, but. Um, and I am a teacher assistant here at the ELC at Beach. So, yeah. There we go. Perfect. Hey, so uh, I'm Alan Skipper. Uh, you probably know the last name because of a uh, certain 11th grade girl here in the room. And, uh, 
her junior brother who came through this program, who's at Georgia State, go Knowles. And uh, also from check-in where my bride and I meet you guys a couple of Sunday nights Thank here and you there. Do. And we've been doing it for years and we, we love it. So uh, yeah, so my, by, by day, um, I've been a technology uh, executive for a long time, but um, I've, um, I, I think, I don't know, you guys were sitting around a room and said, we've got a lot of young people on the panel. Let's pick out an old guy. No. Is that the way this works? No. Okay, that's the, that's the way I feel. I don't so, think you're old. Anyway, hopefully um, there's been a lot of pressure from you tonight. You said, hey, we can't wait to hear your wisdom. Hopefully there's wisdom that you hear from us. But, uh, yeah, so let's let's get started. And I'm Katie Ann. Uh, I am one of the discipleship coordinators here at Beach. And I've been here for a little over a year on staff. And then I did an internship uh, starting in 2021. And it's just been so fun. And so I'm excited to be here. We're excited that you're all here. And um, to start, um, how did you guys uh, make sure to prioritize your faith as you grew into adulthood? Everyone's looking at me. Uh, so I know for me, um, it was through living it. Uh, I grew up here at Beach Church, but when I was about y'all's age, in ninth grade, I decided to just leave. Um, it wasn't for me anymore. Um, I just walked away to go down my own path. Um, and during those six years, I slowly saw my life crumble in front of my very eyes. Um, from falling into different substance abuses and ruining the relationship that I had with my parents and all the friends that I had made here, um, I just reached a point over this long period of time running away that there was nowhere left to hide and nowhere left to go. And so I saw what it was like in, you know, when I was y'all's age to not prioritize faith. Um, I was surrounded by immense, immense failure. And then coming back to Beach Church after having nowhere left to run, uh, my brother brought me back and I've slowly seen everything line up in my life over the past few years since I've come back here. So it was failure, and now it's success. So for me, I prioritize it because I see what it's like to not prioritize it, and that's not somewhere that I want to go ever again. Yeah, uh, I'll say for me, uh, prioritizing my faith has been essential. I come from a broken family, and so that's how... I truly met Jesus. I was in the place of not having hope anymore. Um, and so Jesus met me there. And ever since then, I've been on a journey. And we all talked about this together before. But faith is not something that is linear. But it's something that's up and down and all around. And things happen. And you learn. And you grow. And you turn back to Jesus. And so that's been my journey. But as far as prioritizing it, um, in high school is when I, you know, experienced some real loss and um truly turned my life over to God. And so coming out of high school and into college, I knew that something that was really, really important to me. And I know that Jacob and Rachel and David preach this to you guys all the time. But even when you don't feel like it, you know, wherever you move to or wherever you go to school, stay plugged in with the church and have community of people that can continue to speak into your life because that will continue to remind you of Jesus so that you can um, come back to him even when times get hard or when you're feelings of uh, feeling him run out, and you can continue to, to be pointed back to him. So that's how I have prioritized my faith, staying in community. 
have a short answer is I didn't. Um, coming out of high school, it was like off to college and what's faith, right? So it's, uh, I, I did well in school, came out, did, moved around with my first job, different cities, and just kind of, you know, wavered all over the place, right? And then suddenly you woke up, and when times get hard, you've got no foundation to turn to because you, you didn't transition out. So um, I've said this over and over again. I know PJ's in the room. We talked about this. We actually did a session with some parents that my one thing for you guys do your best when you leave this place as you go to college dig deep into your faith don't let go of this awesome environment you have here today adding to that um because i also i did not prioritize my faith in high school like in the sense of people would look at me like oh like you were involved like you were in student leadership we called it intern at the time and stuff but like i completely lived like a double life and i think going through high school and like living that double life and my life being turned upside down and uh, the Lord calling me out of like St. Augustine, he really, I guess, showed me like this foundation, like it's fine, but I need you to like rebuild. I need you to like actually like get to know who I am. And so I think breaking down like old habits and old like concepts that I knew, like that I thought were God, um, and building like what the truth is was really cool. So I think moving forward like with my faith and stuff, um, like really honing in like what's true and what's not. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Kind of the theme of that was living it and versus not living it. And um, I think it's really easy to think like, oh, my faith is gonna be fine when I go to college. Like I have, I have my whole life to worry about it. Um, and then you get to college, and you're like, well, I'll figure it out when I graduate college, and uh, I'll figure it out once I'm married or when I have kids or, or whatever. And, like, it's never a good time to figure it out. Like, life doesn't necessarily get easier. Um, it can always get harder, which is a terrible thing to realize. And like, um, And, like, just knowing that, like, right now you have the opportunity to test it and see for yourself that it is good like to put your trust in jesus and say like if i live your way are you going to back me and like his promise is yes you will every single time and so it might not look like you expect it, it might not go the way you expect but he has something better for you and, and like I, I would agree like that was my prioritizing as well is recognizing <clears throat> when i didn't and i tried to do it on my own it was so much worse and so um Thank you, guys. Um, how do you, um, or how can we, have godly relationships in high school? How is that possible? So um, I have a, a, a Ryan sweatism. Um, some of the older students, I think that sounds good. A, a sweatism. Yeah. Some of the older students might have heard it before, but um, when you enter relationships at a young age that don't have a spiritual foundation, it's almost like you're, you're two pieces of paper. And the further along that you progress into this relationship, whether it be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, without that firm foundation, uh, you're adding staples, staples, and staples, and staples. And without that foundation, that relationship is, is doomed to fail. And when it does, the more staples that you have added to your proverbial pieces of paper, 
the more rips and scars and tears that are going to come as a result. Um, and being a high school teacher, I, I see it all the time. There are specific children, and you know, I'm coaching and running a club. I, I interact with so many hundreds of kids every day, and I see relationships with specific children that have this foundation that I can be real proud of, and these are kids that are going to go on and do wonderful things because they've recognized this early on. And I see kids every day that don't have it, and they base relationships off of um, lust or specific desires, and I see them fail all the time. And I've had many a children come crying because we went through this. And, and, you know, so I I see both sides of it all the time, Um, and we've all lived it as well. So that's what is it. I'll just add, um, this applies to adulthood as well as, like, kids in middle school and high school. Like, you've got to choose your relationship with someone that has the same values that you do, right? So if you enter into a relationship as a you know, high school sophomore and you pick your boyfriend or you start dating as a college junior or as a you know, you know, 35-year-old adult, if you're engaging closely with someone who doesn't have the same value and the same principles and draws the same boundaries that you do, you're setting yourself up for failure. There's going to be some disappointment. Um, and, and, and failure may not be just in relationship, but the, the emotional toll it's going to take on you to repair that is going to be very, very difficult. I think like adding, adding to that, um, like I think also it starts like if you are a believer in Christ, like it starts with this relationship. Like if this is like solid and you're working at this, this will become a bit not necessarily easier, but just, you know, kind of easier to navigate in like the values or like how you want to spend your time. Um, I think one key thing in relationships that I have experienced is more like the mental and emotional side of like know who you are and whose you are and like that's enough like don't and like don't let anyone like tell you what your value is because like that's just baloney so um obviously it's easier said than done but um like once if this is like good and like this can be better and if you can't this may be a huge one. If you don't know who you are and you're telling everyone else who you are, like, that to me is like a red flag. Like, you know, so don't let that anyone have that, like, power over you, I guess. So. Yeah, I, I second what Danny said, absolutely. And for me, I actually didn't date in high school at all. And that was something that God really um, saved me from. And I think it was because I didn't know who I was. And I was looking to other people to tell me who I was. And I think that's a very dangerous thing because I could have ended up someone completely different than who I truly wanted to be or who God wanted me to be. And so uh, to people in the room that feel like you're lacking something, you're not. And uh, just know that God has something for you, even if you don't have a significant other within your time in high school. Uh, for me, it felt like, wow, I must, I must really be not that great if nobody wants to date me, but I also knew that I had values that not everyone did. And so knowing that I had things I was working through and that was okay, and I needed to learn who I was before I was able to enter into a relationship with someone else, uh, that's a good and healthy thing. And so take the long road. That is my, my piece of wisdom and advice. And did you find someone? 
It is. Okay, great. I just wanted to put that He's on record. He's really nice. And I, I love that because I didn't know who I was until I was 22, almost 23. Um, but I did date in high school, and it never worked. And it was so destructive over and over and over again, some relationships I destroyed, and some of them um, were the other way around. And when I came back here, um, my wife was the very first person that I met when I came back to Beach after being away for six years. And it's the first relationship that I ever had that I, I treated more spiritually. Uh, it's the first relationship I ever had that was more founded on, on this. And it's the one relationship I've ever been in that worked. So, um, you know, Congrats. take it from people that have been there. Um, I think a lot of times when this question gets asked, the the thought process is to have a godly relationship means you have to know how far is too far. And I think the problem is we get stuck on that question, um, and that leads us down a path that isn't necessarily the path that God intended for us. Um, so um, instead of asking how far is too far, what would what would you say – uh, for couples who are looking to have a like authentic, godly, prioritized relationship, like instead of asking that question, what advice would you give them? I would say, vaguely, uh, speak to someone. If these are concerns that you are having, speak to someone that is older. Speak to someone that is wiser. Speak to someone that has knowledge of what is laid out for us in Scripture. Um, it, it's certainly something that I wish I would have done. Um, and, and like I've said, you know, being a teacher is certainly something that I wish a lot of children would do, is to be open about what you're feeling, thinking, experiencing, whatever. Yeah, Shane nailed it. Your, your playbook's in the Bible, right, on how to, how to handle this. And sometimes you just need the right resources around you, whether it be your life group leaders or your peer group or pastors or friends, family, parents, um, parents of friends. Like, we're, we all signed up for that when we, we, we have kids. Trust me, we have a, a great tribe um, amongst our group. But, you know, that's the, the playbooks in the Bible on, you know, how do you prioritize your relationships and how far is too far and how far is, um, you know, crossing that line is really going back to, dating someone or even even just friendships that are people that share what you share i mean the fact that you guys are all in this room together and you invest the time and you have great worship and every sunday night we see your faces come in and you know, worship god but you can't leave here and go to a total different scenario that you put yourself in into a place where you may be compromising your values like you've got to set yourself up for success um you can't put yourself in a place that there's temptations that you know that are going to um, you know, cross that line and, and take you into a place that you really don't want to be. Um, I think that for me and what I've experienced in conversation with friends and things like that, this type of situation with any sexual sin, not even just in relationships, but the enemy can use that to keep you in shame for a long time. So you feel like once you've done something that maybe you feel shameful about or you feel like God might not be happy with, you just kind of stay in it and try to hide. 
um, and not bring it to light. And it's a very, very hard thing to do to have the courage to come to someone. Like you may be sitting in the crowd thinking, well, the last thing I want to do is go tell my life group leader about what I'm doing with my boyfriend or what I'm, you know, interacting with by myself. That may be a very scary thing. And um, But bringing that to light is what is going to bring freedom to your situation. And I would say that, you know, this... Uh, we all struggle with sexual sin in some way, or if you haven't yet, you will at some point. That's just, we're all made that way. But it's a journey, and it's a part of the faith journey as well, continuing to turn back to God and to repent for things that we know that his word says are not for us in a certain context. And so I think it's just being real and honest with God and feeling like you can come to him even when you know that you've done something that you shouldn't have. Yeah, to highlight what Danny said earlier, I think when your relationship with God is prioritized, then you start to prioritize the things that he prioritizes, and the things that you used to prioritize tend to fall away. And so, like, if you are asking, like, how do I have a godly relationship, instead of worrying about sex, like, you can you can not have sex and still be in an impure relationship. And you can, like, have sex and then still pursue purity. Um, if it was about sex, um, you would fail after marriage because, spoiler, that's how you got here. Um, and so, like, it's not about having sex or not. It's about purity. And so, like, when you pursue a relationship with God as the most important relationship in your life, that leads to prioritizing the things that he prioritizes. Um, how can you still have a strong relationship with God even when you aren't feeling that spiritual high when you aren't feeling like it's worth it. I'm going to have Katie Ann start this one. (laughs) Got it. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, when I first went off to college, I was super involved in uh, our student ministry in St. Augustine and student leader, like all that kind of stuff. And I knew that I wanted to get plugged into a church, but I knew it was going to be different. I didn't realize how different, and everything felt different. It was not really a normal, and I was struggling emotionally with situations that were happening in my life, and so I genuinely was like, God, I can't feel you at all. Like, I read scripture, I don't feel you. When I pray, I don't feel you, and that was not normal for me, and so I felt like I was doing something wrong, Um, and something that God revealed to me after months of just, like, doing my best, and then falling back into sin and things like that, I came to him and um, I can't remember exactly what scripture it is, but basically it says to command your heart what your mind knows and what is true. And so sometimes we just have to read God's word and know that he is king, that he is Lord, that he is present with us even when we don't feel it. And so knowing at the end of the day, like this is what's true and this is what I believe and be resolute about that, even when your emotions are wavering, because that will happen in so many different seasons of life. And knowing what you believe and sticking with that will take you way further than riding on the wave of emotion, because we all know emotions change. So that's kind of how I continued to pursue faith, even when I didn't feel God with me. I, um, I love one-liners. Um, I, I think they're so fun. And when I read this question, uh, it just kind of popped into my head that just because you or just because we aren't feeling spiritually strong about God 
doesn't mean God isn't feeling spiritually strong about us. Um, and if you've been coming here long enough, you've heard so many times that the same God that you experience here in this room or out in Jamaica or the same God that I experienced in Haiti in 2019 or the same God that we all experience at Epworth is the same God that's with you on the bus to school or driving around your neighborhood or at your sporting event. And so you hear it all the time from everyone up here. Um, but I, I just think that's such a good answer to that question. And that's, that's why we hear it so much, that the same God that is in this room right now, the same Jesus that died for you, the same Jesus you think about or hear during worship is the same everywhere you go in life. Um, uh, that just hit me instantly. Um, and then one, one quick piece of practical uh, advice is to try something new, uh, try something bold. I know, um, like, for example, my wife and I did Bible track this past fall where we read the New Testament from start to finish, and that's not something I had ever sat down and done before. It is every word of each book, um, and it completely changed my outlook, and it sparked some really cool conversations between my wife and I and the other people that did the course with us. So um, don't just sit there and, and fester in it and think about it. You know, get out there and, and take a step and try something new. We, we talked about this, and uh, I got invited to participate in a leader track this past uh, nine months. It was a great, great um, experience. But there is, and I think we even had a sermon on this in, in a church, if you guys call it, but um, it, it was about be before doing. And so often, I mean, I see you guys like pouring into everybody else. You're here and you know, you're, you're serving, you're getting here you know, at 530 when everyone else is you know, kind of struggling to get here at 630. Sometimes you're, um, you know, you're, you're playing sports, you're, you know, you're babysitting, you have jobs, you've got school, you're trying to get into college. It's all these things that you're doing for other people sometimes. And every now and then you've got to stop. Um, this is something I learned about myself recently that, God's always like right here. Like you just have to stop and listen and be and slow down your life. And it's a lot easier to say that at 50 something years old than it is at, you know, 14 or 17 or 18 or, or, or what have you. Um, you guys, there, there's just so much going on in your world. This thing moves a thousand miles a minute in front of you and it's hard to put down. But if you'll just stop and be and stop doing every now and then, you realize that your faith might be stronger than you actually realize it is. You're just not, not listening to it. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, you can drop it. It's not expensive. Um, uh, kind of in, in step with that, um, for the tech, I'm skipping ahead a couple questions. Um, what do you do if you feel like your faith is unrepairable, like you can't build it back together? So, like, it's not just... I don't feel spiritually strong, but it's like I've done something to break this relationship I had with God, and I don't know how to build it back. It's quick, but just just be, I, I, I literally just talked about this, but it, it's along the same lines, it is be bold and be big and really put yourself out there and, and rejoice in the fact that no matter what you have done, God will rejoice all the same in your return. Um, just like in Epworth last year, one of the big themes of that was the prodigal son, which my brother and I were in the video for. Um, 
that when you spend this extended period of time away or you feel like you're on the verge of spending a time away from your faith, um, God will always rejoice um, in your return and God will always rejoice in your relationship with him, regardless of how you're feeling. Uh, so have a conversation, put yourself out there, open up to someone that you might not want to open up with um, and it can truly work wonders for you. hard. I mean, spoiler alert, we read these questions before today. So um, I've had time to think about that. And like, I think one, one blanket statement I say, like, I just, if you are following Christ and you do something that's irreparable or what have you, like one, that's not true. Two, I don't, you don't lose like your salvation. Like you don't lose like the Lord's favor. Like the Lord still loves you. Like regardless of whatever we do. Um, and I had it, and then it just left me. But I think um, focusing in, like Shane said, like, the God, like, in this, like, the Bible, don't have to the Bible, in your, in your Bible, um, is the same one that is today. And so, like, I think focusing on, like, the fundamentals of, like, who he is, like, he's good, he's just, he's a father, he's a friend, he's a protector. Like, I think letting the Lord sit on you and, like, let that sink in, I think, and remembering who he is and, like, how loving he is and how just he is. Like, he's able to do, like, anything. And I feel like that's a very, like, generic answer. But I feel like most generic ones are, like, the most powerful because, like, it's true. Like, so I feel like I really didn't answer the question and it kind of left me. But I think, like, just focusing on, like, who he is, like, as a person and as a God and, like, kind of diving into that and you'll slowly, like, oh, yeah. Um, faith is a journey, as Katie Ann says, said as we, we started tonight, and um, it, it's full of ups and downs, guys. Like, you're going you're gonna to lead really close to God, and you're going to look up, and it's been like, I haven't prayed in how long? I've been to church. I mean, life gets in the way, unfortunately. Like, we, we're upside down in how we prioritize everything in life. Frankly, I'm probably one of the most guilty of it. If you would have asked me four or five years ago that I would be sitting on a stage talking to a bunch of high school and middle school kids about faith, I would have said, there's no way. Or that I would be in a life group and we would look forward to it every Monday night that we just started like last year. That's the first time in 50, 50 something years that I've been a part of like a life group. It took that long to get there. Um, or that we would, you know, be a, in, in, uh, engaged in things like leader track or come to, you know, um, check in kids at six o'clock in the morning for you to go to Epworth, right? Like mm. all of those things that are, are upcoming. And that's, I, I share that with you because it is part of the journey. And you may feel like, um, how do I rebuild this relationship with God? At first, I challenge you to stop and ask, when did I start losing that relationship with God? Like, was there a moment in time that I did something and I'm feeling guilt and I'm just running from God? Or is it, was it a progression where I stopped investing in the Bible and reading and praying and then in, in myself and my relationship? There, somewhere something changed to cause that. And then go back and, and you know, in our, in our life group, we open every week with like celebrating God moments. And when you feel like you're far away, Start looking for those places where God's doing something good. It may not be in your life. It may be in your friend's life. It may be in your parents' life. It may be in your, at your job or at school or what, what have you. And if you'll pause and recognize those things and celebrate them, I guarantee you, you'll start to feel that energy come back in, in your relationship with God. Uh, for me, I am a performer. 
would have to, in my relationship with God, remind myself that being in relationship with him has nothing to do with my performance. So as far as your relationship with him being irreplaceable, the fact that you even have one in the first place had nothing to do with you or what you did. And so understanding and coming to that point where it's not about me, it's not about what I did, and God loves you just as much as he did when you were in sin as now when you're in a life group at 50, you know, and that's something that I have to remind myself. It's a good thing, or, you know, 20. That's what we all thought, but anywho. Yeah, I think um, that's something I have to remind myself of is that there's nothing I can do to earn his love. It's not about my performance. It's about who he is by his blood, by his sacrifice. That's why I can be in relationship with him. Yeah, this question is just by the way it's worded. It sounds like it's being asked by someone who had a relationship with Jesus already. And the beautiful thing about the foundation of our faith, like the good news in general is that God was faithful to us even when we weren't faithful to him. And that was like from day one in creation, sped forward to Jesus on the cross, sped forward to your life now, like that was always the truth and that was always the case. And so like the fact that, like Katie had said, the fact that you have a relationship or had a relationship or were able to connect with God at some point in your faith journey was only because God was faithful to you even when you weren't faithful to him. And that doesn't change. Um, He knew what he was getting into when he died on the cross the first time. He knew who you were. He knew what you were going to do, who you were going to be. And he still chose what you were worthy enough to die for in the first place. And so, like, that doesn't change just because, like, all of a sudden you feel too far gone. Like, you were not too far gone when he died for you um, because he came back to life to show you that new life was possible with him. So, um, kind of to end, uh, this question isn't on the slide, um, but I think it's important. Um, in light of that good news, like part of what we get to do is share that good news with other people. Like, like you guys are doing tonight, like you get to share your experience with people. Um, and that's really easy when it's people you like. Um, but how do you share the gospel with people that you don't like? I think, um, what's big for me is spreading the gospel through action. Uh, it's difficult to tell someone you don't like about something. Um, and you know, it's once again, this is something we've heard so many times, but uh, you might be the only Bible that someone ever reads. And that applies to people you've never met, people that you know very well, or people that you don't like at all. Um, when you don't like someone, and especially if you don't think they like you in return, there's going to be this expected exchange. I don't like that person, so they're going to treat me a certain way. Well, not necessarily. Uh, If we treat them like we've been commanded to in the Gospels and in all of the Bible, uh, you may just plant that question in their mind that, why am I being treated this way by someone that I don't like and who I truly believe doesn't like me? Uh, Plant that question in their minds and open the door for a relationship with Christ, not by what you say, which is what we all want, but uh, by what you do. Because we might not always have the opportunity to speak with someone about it, especially if it's someone that we don't like. So um, it's all through action. Yes, everything that Shane said, I second. And, you know, a lot of times we pray for patience. I just think of that one 
pray for patience, ask God to help us grow in patience. Maybe if you don't like someone and you know God's tugging at your heart to share the gospel with them or to be kinder to them or to even interact with them more, take that as a challenge and lean into that. God may be trying to grow you in some way that you don't really necessarily like, but it may be really good for you and not as hard as you think it will be. I always think that, like, uh, oh, I don't like this person. Well, like, that person was made by the guy that the God that I worship, and so like they are just as precious and valuable as like I am. And so like I think putting aside like the oh like they irk me or they're annoying or they're stupid whatever like putting that like aside and like really honestly putting your pride down and like I I don't think that your dislike for somebody should hinder them getting to know Jesus and so. Um, again, like, that's also a challenge, like, to spread, like, talk about Jesus to somebody that you don't really like, and so, I mean, I'm currently doing it right now for seven years, talking to, um, my, like, parent about Jesus that I don't really like right now, so, like, but it's meant to challenge, and, like, it's been really beautiful to see, like, my own heart change of, like, being hardened, and, like, I don't like this person to, like, I'm willing to talk to them about Jesus, and, like, even talk about it, actually talking about it, or just, like, treating them with kindness when kindness wasn't really shown to me. And so, like, really putting, like, the pride down and, like, just being honest. So, yeah. I try to bring it home uh, quickly on how Jerry feels as the music's about to start and the clock says we're two minutes and 30 seconds over. No, no, no pressure to wrap up, but, yeah, kind of, kind of strange, but here it is. I don't <laughs> Stephen playing to himself this morning for five minutes. Um, no, it, it's how you it's how you um, you live your life. Um, I've, I've again something I've learned late in life. I have coworkers who I got to tell you when we get on Zoom meetings, I'm just like this guy will not stop talking. I don't agree with what he's saying. We have nothing in common, and I just try to like live a life of like positivity and be happy. And when he does something I don't like, I smile and. My wife bought some like Bible verse pillows that sit behind me in my Zoom meeting now, so it kind of like reminds everybody of how we should we should live. But um, you know, uh, you want people to look at you and go, I want some like whatever's making Sarah so happy, I want some of that, right? Whatever makes Rachel be who she is, I want some of that. And even the people that don't like you see that, right? So if you want to live like Jesus tells us, which is the way He did, go live that way, and that'll make them want to hear more about the good news. Yeah, to quickly touch on what Danny was saying, like, sometimes the people you don't like aren't because they're annoying. It's because they have wronged you. And so, truthfully, they aren't worthy to hear the news that changed your life because they impacted yours in a negative way. Um, but again, the beautiful thing about the gospel uh, is we were unworthy of God's love to begin with given it by grace um, from creation. He brought us into his kingdom to be a part of it, um, to share in the story uh, that he was writing. And then when we turned away from it, we lost the right to be in community with him, to have a relationship with him. And he chose, even though we abandoned him, even though we turned against him, the person who is worthy of all the worship, who is worthy of all the attention, the praise, and the glory, we decided we could do better than that. 
he still said, I'm setting my whole life on the line for you. And so a lot of the times, like when it comes to sharing the gospel with people that you don't like specifically because they have hurt you, like that is why Jesus did what he did to show you that no one is too far gone, that giving everything for someone, for the one person is worth giving everything for. And so it's probably the people in your life that you like the least that God is calling you to share him with the most. And it's because it's what he did for you. And so what a better testimony to share than for someone to go out of their way to forget about themselves for their eternity. And so um, I wanna say thank you to you for um, for sharing your wisdom, for uh, taking your time. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Huge. Um, you guys are, we're done. You did it. Thank you. Um, the, the really cool thing about tonight was there was like this ongoing theme of um, like putting your faith into action and how um, it's one thing to know a lot about Jesus and it's another to put it into practice. And Rachel said something in our production meeting uh, today um, that I, I'm really feeling and I think is for more than just the people who come and serve um, early. Um, Rachel said, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of just coming to church. I'm tired of showing up and just doing a service and leaving more tired or exhausted or burnt out or frustrated than when I came. I'm tired of just coming to church just to sing a song or to see a friend. Like our hope for this year has been no holding back. And our hope for 2024 is that we don't just keep showing up, but that our lives change because we've put it into practice, because we're willing to say, okay, God, we've come this far. Let me do it your way. Let me literally surrender my life, which is what we do when we give our lives to Jesus in the first place and say, not what I want, but what you want. And that was our whole theme tonight was people recognizing my way was not good. And it led me to places that I didn't like that were not for me and not what God wanted for me. And then when I joined in on God's journey, that's when I found the best that he had for my life. God is a God and there's a sense of unlimited in his favor. And so why limit ourselves just to simply be in a place when he has so much more for us? And so our charge going into 2024 has not necessarily changed from 2023. The theme was always no holding back. The theme was always about actually surrendering giving our lives to Jesus and doing the things that he's called us to do, living the way he's called us to live. And so what a better time to start than now if we haven't already. What could be possible for this year if we stopped holding back and if we surrendered ourselves to what God was doing? We're gonna jump back into a time of worship, but I'm just gonna pray us out um, and kind of set us into that space. So. Let's just talk to God real quick. Dear God, thank you that you are an incredibly good God, that you are faithful to us even when we are unfaithful to you, that we can go through an entire year knowing exactly what 
you wanted us to do, and we probably failed. And we probably came into 2024 feeling like we did not do nearly enough of what you called us to do. And you don't look at that as a loss. You just pick right back up where we left off. Your dreams for us are still the same. Your calling for us is still the same. And yet you invite us into something newer and richer than we had before. And so God, help us to lean into your goodness. Help us to lean in to who you are so we can experience more of you. We can see the way that you see things. We can treat people the way that you have treated us. We can listen well, we can love well, and we can lead well as our lives point others to you. Help us not to hold back this year. Whatever held us back in 2023, God, I just pray that we would leave it here in this room. Whether we have to physically surrender it at the altar to you, whether we commit to you right now, whether we have to leave this place and spend more time thinking about it, but tonight, I pray that it would not end without us leaving what held us back so that we can go into 2024 ready for all that you are going to do. It's in your name we pray.